Hey everyone, this is Dan, and I have exciting podcasting news that is not the podcast you're listening to, but is the podcast you should be listening to in addition to the podcast you're listening to, I mean. Uh, My other podcast called The Hitch, which is uh, myself and my amazing partner, Janice Dillard, and we uh, spent the whole summer driving around and recording it and making it a podcast, but now we are back home And now we are answering your questions about travel. You can find The Hitch every Monday at thehitchpodcast.com or on your podcast listener of choice. The Hitch. Hey, everybody. It's me, Maureen. And I am an author. Look, we've been through this. I don't want to tell you. I mean, I don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do. But I've become more convinced than ever of the importance of getting a great like a book and just going there for a couple of hours. And in truth, I have tried to provide an alternate reality that you can substitute for this one for a few hours. I have built a school and some detectives and murders and stuff and clue there are clues in there you can look for. You can be a detective. It's a book called Truly Devious. If you would like it, it's it's available for purchase. I would make it available for free if I could, but I don't make them. Like they don't I don't make, you know what I mean? Like I don't print them so. Um and I'm and the sequel's coming out in January. It's called The Vanishing Stare. And if more people get truly devious, um I get to write more stuff and so that's really kind of you. But also I think you'll like it. I guess, I think you'll like it. But if you don't like it, uh Dan is taking complaints. So any complaints you have, and can I also just say this? If you do like it and you want to leave a review online, that's huge. Like, it's huge. It's always true. Like, if you leave a review on, I hate to say it, but Amazon stuff, it's very helpful. Um, uh, and I'm not afraid to say this this week because this is a humdinger of a week. So books and the hitch and other things and just reviews and, and hug your pets. Truly dubious. It's a mystery for you. Dan, how you doing? Ah, fine, Maureen. How are okay. you? Okay. Okay. All right. All right. You seem. Was it a? You, you have a rough week. Yeah, it is okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I don't think we can come into the podcast with this energy. So. No, it's totally fine. I'm ready. Okay. All right. I hear you. But here, I want you to just um. Let me turn on this relaxing music. Okay. Okay. And. For the next couple minutes, I just want you to listen to my voice. Ah! Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. You listen? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I'm just going to count down from five to one. And with each number, you're going to feel that your eyelids are a little heavier. Just a little bit heavier. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to try. We're just going to go down nice and slow. And we're going to leave last week behind. So with five and you're a little, little more sleepy. A little more sleepy like you've had one beer. Just one beer. There it is. One beer. And four. Oh, your eyelids are a little heavier now. You've had maybe two beers. Two beers. And you're relaxing with your friends. 
Skeeves and Chadwich Zookie the Boat Shoe. You're hanging out. You're relaxed. Relax. And three. You've maybe had three beers. Oh, oh, oh. You're feeling more tired, but you're not blacking out. That's right. Beer. And two. Ah, last week was a long time ago. Ah, you're easing back into the chair. Everything's fine. You're listening to Red Red Wine by UB40. Relax. And one. Eyes are closed. And you're relaxed. And everything's fine. Here we go. Moraine, I'm still just as angry as I was when I started. Yeah. That's a good scream. That's a good scream. <coughs> I want you to do everything in that scream. Like, it's oh. really a good scream. <sighs> Man, that hurt the back of my throat. I know, but it was worth it. A hundred percent. That hurt the back of my throat a lot. I might need to run upstairs really. Or no, I have the jar here. Hold on. I got to go put water in a jar a, and drink water. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Welcome to Says Who. Dan's getting a jar. He's filling it with water. I'm Maureen Johnson alone on the mic. He he doesn't know I'm recording. That um, well, it's nice just to spend this quiet time with you and and our sponsor, Blue Apron. And um, well, uh, I'd like to go over some of the recipes for this week. Um, one is a it's just a potato. Okay, I'm back. Hi, uh, Dan. wasn't wasn't doing anything. Just sitting. In How's silence. your jar? How's your jar of water? It's a great jar of water. I'm very twee, so I have a mason jar right next to of me. Of course you do. Oh, who's who's Pinterest ready if not Dan Sinker? That's me. I have a whole <laughs> crate of them. That's and me. And only half of them have pickles in there. Oh, boy. Well, welcome to Says Who, the podcast Ugh. that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson, and I'm not as Pinterest ready as Dan Sinker. Maureen. Hmm? I want to know, I think all of America wants to know, mm-hmm. how was your health this week? Oh, Every come time on. we've recorded, come over the on. last few weeks, you have either been in bed, near bed, close to a puke faint, mm. or blowing things out of your ass. How are you? <sighs> really, Dan? <laughs> really? I'm fine. I don't get sick that often. I really don't. I got one major problem that's just like the standard. And then I caught this weird, I mean, it's not even weird. It's just around. It's just a normal bacteria that's around. It turns out if your dog eats disgusting stuff and licks you directly on the mouth when you wake yeah, up, you're going to get gross. this terrible, disgusting anti antibiotic resistant Campylobacter, I'll have you know. And it will be disgusting and it won't die. But I'm much better. The second round of antibiotics seems to have killed it. Yeah, that's right. You are unfuckwithable. Dan, don't you dare. Why are you doing this to me? Are you trying to get me killed? I just am very happy. Aww. We have had like touch and go recording for weeks now. 
and it wasn't until I it, it wasn't until I set up here in the basement where I was like, I don't know if Maureen is going to be in bed or vertical. Oh, I'm in my closet. I'm fine. This is awesome. I'm glad to hear I mean, that. I still side eye food a little bit, but I'm still eating it with great, you know, abandon. But after after five weeks of of kind of barfing, you you kind of look at everything and go, "Will you hurt me, Mister Lettuce?" <laughs> I think with lettuce, the answer right now is yes. Yeah, it's all, you know, there's, I, there is, um, I will say that now in every bathroom and sink and sort of, we have a station that has like spray on alcohol to wash the hands with. I have bleach and sprays. <laughs> I have like, glo- like, we've always had lots of like gloves and stuff, but it's like, we have like little stations everywhere. I'm like, all right, if anything gets near us, I will lice all you out into a cloud. <laughs> This is like what it's like being a the parent of a three-year-old. We have Purell in every room of the house. Oh. And in both the front and the back of the car. Well, okay. Ain't nobody I, getting I, sick. Ain't nobody getting sick, Maureen. Oh, that seems like a smart thing to say. Yeah. I like the temp fate. <laughs> Fuck it. Damn. This, this is what it's like. Damn. In October of 2018. Bring it on. Gee. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, I think there's lightning coming out of your beard. Exactly. Before we get into what a week it was, oh, and God, it was, this it fucking was, week, we should just say our, some good news. Like, it's, it's a good stuff. But our news of last week, we're going to reiterate it. It's good stuff. You remember how excited you were? I am excited. I am go. very excited about there this. There it is. Uh, as we announced on our last episode. We are moving to weekly service. That's right. Starting with our next episode, which will be on October 17th. So, Oh, boy. Two weeks to wait from now till then, but then suddenly you'll never have to wait again. We'll have to get our shit together. Yeah, that's just a little bit. Just a little bit of shit to assemble. Ugh. But cool to that though. end, it's, fi- it's we're excited. But to that end, we're also launching a Patreon. Uh, part, it's, as I like to think of it, not to make money, but to stop losing it as much, and um, maybe towards we're such that. good. We're we're good at money. Listen, I am. You know, I have ideas, but just to support the show, and uh, maybe you can get some help and some other things, just to kind of smooth the edges out. Um, and also, there's going to be cool stuff on it. Like, it's not going to just be like super cool things. Here's nothing. It's it's like we we thought about this, and we're very we're very excited. Yeah, um, and that's also going to launch on October 17th. Uh, we've decided that's the day for us. Man, and that's th- the day to go well, get a Says Who tattoo. <sighs> if anyone, Just one? If any, well, you know, I mean, it's two words, so that's maybe two things. And then like a one. wedge salad wedge. On one fist, it and says- And like a swirl says, of Dole Whip. That's right. S-A-Y-S-W-H-O question mark. Oh. Totally knuckles. Yes. Yeah, that it's works like a great. Thing. You should get that. Somebody uh, get that. Yeah, <laughs> get, totally get that for sure. Um, <laughs> this is a, this is October 2018, Maureen. The month of fuck it, bring it on. We're all getting knuckle tattoos. What does it matter <laughs> anymore? <laughs> oh my god, Dan, slow your roll. Um, we'll also have some live shows, a show, at least one show, and possibly shows to announce soon. It's true. This is time to get on board. It's time to steal their phones, okay, everybody? To if you can, leave us a review. Just generally get ready because the city of Sesuvia is about to just generally open for citizenship. 
I have a I have a point of order about the name the city of Sezhuvia. Okay. What about the city of Sezhuville? Like Horton hears a who. Just saying. Sezhuville or Sezhuvia? That's that's we'll know. leave it up to you guys. Yeah. They're like the Grinch. Says Whoville. Yeah. Yeah, says Whoville. The the Whovillians. Ooh. Cause we've been saying Whovians, but it could be Whovillians. That's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of syllable at the end there. Fahudore Yeah, see? Yeah. Now we already have a song. We can just steal it from him, because who fucking cares anymore? Okay, I feel like you need to maybe get something out about last week, Dan. It just was a terrible week. And it hasn't stopped. And I like, I am like incandescent with rage still. We are laughing because we're mad. Laughing because we're mad. We are not laughing because we're glad. Because we're laughing because we're mad. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's the opening number for the Says Who musical. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Get Lynn Manuel on the horn. They are laughing because they're mad. Um, yeah, it was a real piece of shit. It was a real piece of shit. It was a piece of shit last week, and I I said something at one point. I kind of tweeted that um, I didn't kind of tweet. I did tweet. I should speak more clearly. Uh, I said, "Own your tweets, Maureen. They're all we've got." Stop saying like. Just speak. Um, I, f- I felt like I had been in a garbage room springer because for a couple of days, everything went out the window. Nothing got done. But it just felt like I had been kind of like I'd just been kind of spinning and nothing couldn't concentrate on anything because it was all so. And I asked people and they're all like, yeah, I, I don't know. I was it was Wednesday and now I'm here. And I'm just looking around and everything is on fire. So, yeah. um, last but, week was one of those time loop weeks where even the beginning of the week felt like it, the week was already ending. And then by the end of the week, it was just, you might, you were just in sort of a hell vortex that no longer had, no longer had time as we know it as a, as a measure. It was just pain. Um, so on Thursday, and we we should say, we should always timestamp these because anymore it matters when you're talking because it's now Tuesday, it's around 6.30 on the East Coast, and who even knows what it'll be like when you Tuesday the 2nd of October. Mm-hmm. This will come out tomorrow, the 3rd of October. Or as we like to think of it, five years from now. So Thursday uh, was the day in which Dr. Ford gave her her testimony, which was uh, intense and powerful, and she just um, was astonishing. Yeah, uh, she really was. I mean, and also just the that you couldn't fuck with her because she was like, "No, let me explain to you how the brain works, motherfuckers." Yeah, you think you're gonna try to be this? How do you know? Well, here's how I know. Yeah, I literally study the brain and I know how memory works. Yes. You fuckers, which she didn't say uh, because she was not allowed. No, no, she had to remain incredibly in control and apologize, 
you know, and be like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to give you what you want and just, you know, keep herself. So, you know, after all of this, I, 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 I can't. So anyway, yeah. in the afternoon, everyone's favorite guy, Brett, Brett came and oh boy. I told myself, Dan, I told myself not to watch it. I said, don't watch it, Morgan. You're not going to watch it. Yeah. You're going to turn You're not going to watch it. You know what I did? I watched it, Dan. I I watched it. I watched the first five minutes of his opening speech. And then I was like, hey, Dan, let's step aside and let me talk to you for a minute. And I was like, yes, Dan. And I was like, you don't need to see this. Just turn it off. And that's a good point. And so I did. And I swear, approximately three years passed, and I turned it back on, and he was still going. He just speechified for a very long time. Although it it was more just sort of, I guess it was screechified. He screechified for a long time. He kind of came in with the, the face, and then he just slammed his notes around. He was so mad. Brett was yeah. mad, and then he was like, "And I, I was, I was lift, lifting weights with my friends, Skeeter, uh, Shiny Paul." We never have heard from Shiny Paul. Dick Whistles. Uh, Definitely heard from Dick Whistles. Uh, and it was all delivered in such indignant tones. I, t- I tuned, I, after I turned back in, he was still talking. I then turned it off again, and then I turned it on again. I, it, was just, it just was, it, like, it did feel like I was stuck in some sort of horrible bro loop. But um, Don't you know I was on the track team? Yeah, well, at, at one point, someone was like, let's talk about some of these dates on the calendars, you know? And he was like, huh, huh, it was a weeknight. What do you think I would be? I wouldn't be drinking on a weeknight. What? When would I even be doing that? When would I be doing that? I'd be lifting at Tobin's. And I was like, I got to get Tobin. off again. That's lifting right. Lifting at Tobin's. Lifting at Tobin's. And he, um, oh. we have to break this down a little bit because there are some spectacular moments in it. But he literally writes in the calendar. I have so many things to say about this. Having some skis. Yeah. As in Bruce. Can you imagine? I mean, Dan. Yeah. Writing, writing Bruce skis in your calendar. Did you drink in high school? I did not drink in high school. All right, Dan. Let me, let me, let me just put this out there. I was an incredibly overprotective and repressed girl yeah. who went to a nutbag school. Right. Um, We've and, heard of your your the nuns at your school before, and my like my mother has never really had a full drink in her life, like super pure. It was never so. What I did was in order to sort of save my own sanity, um, is I on the weekends, but if I went was going out to a dance, I would quietly consume the contents of this. We didn't even have a liquor cabinet. We had like a thing in the basement where whenever we went somewhere, my parents as a weird token gesture would buy some kind of alcohol for some unfor- like for some guests we never had who never wanted a cocktail. <laughs> so we just had all this stuff in the basement that no one ever drank. You didn't and have a you didn't have a liquor cabinet so much as you had like a guilt chest. 
And it was just full of these bottles of stuff that no one ever drank and no one touched because we just weren't a drinking house. And like no one, it, it was like, if someone came over and asked for like a gin and tonic, we would have been like, what? Go, go to the basement. Like we would have had to try to figure out what to do. So I slowly over like a long time consumed those bottles. Like, so I would take like a little styrofoam cup downstairs and I would siphon a little of the alcohol and I would drink like warm, neat gin out of a styrofoam cup. So that's delicious, by the way. Like and there's then you, no. And then you write it in your calendar. I would write drinking some warm gin in the basement um, alone and then putting it wearing khakis to the dance, but shoving a skirt down the side of my pants so that I can change in the girls' room because this is the extent to which my rebellion extends itself. I need to get out of here. So I did starting when I was like 16, but only on very like spot occasions. And what I didn't do was like, I never went to like, whenever I see a party in a movie about high school, I'm like, yeah. I literally never, I think, oh, I, I tell a lie. I saw one, one, and I wasn't even supposed to be there. Yeah. So I I have only ever been to one of those parties and it was actually after uh after I was out of high school but my uh my roommate and high school friend's sister was having a party that she this was like this was my girlfriend in high school who then became my roommate in college um, and her brother were sort of like they would definitely drink in high school. I don't think I'm telling any tales out of class here. They would drink in high school, but they they were like punks and were not throwing like parties that everyone in the high school were showing up at. And I did not drink, but it was entertaining to hang around with, you know, drunk high school friends. Um their younger sister, who was very sort of bookish and and uh, a nerdy hippie, decided her senior year of high school that she was going to have a party. And so she made flyers <laughs> and oh my put God. them up. And it was like li- I, we were all living in Chicago, like down, you know, in an apartment in Chicago. And we get a call and she's like, I think a lot of people are going to show up. And uh, so we went to be like the the security at the at the party and it was out of like it was it was a movie party like kids everywhere you know just uh, completely out of control at one point uh there were some folks that had uh gone into the bathroom to smoke pot and we were banging on the door telling them they needed to open you know they had locked the door we were like, you need to open the door. And we ended up ripping the door office hinges, Maureen. <laughs> and there were two terrified young men standing in the bathroom. But uh, yeah, I have never been to those. But certainly even the, the, the you know, the parties that I went to where people were, I was not writing that in my calendar. Oh, I will say also the occasional, and you know who you are, listener, the stolen wine cooler while sitting in your parents' basement, uh, listening to their mid-60s folk comedy records together, <laughs> you know who you are. Which Man. is how I can sing comic Cutting songs loose. about the John Birch Society. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. Oh, so, Lord. I found it unrelatable. Um, but, I found you know, it unrelatable, except that those dudes, like, uh-huh. you know. They, oh, I, I definitely knew who those guys were yeah like i had to change next to those dudes in gym it was like you know you knew who those dudes were 
Uh, and for me, it was like, cool, those dudes, I'm staying very far away from them. Did you have a schedule like that? Like, also, I mean, I, again, this is me because I wasn't allowed to do shit then. But the schedule of like lifting weights, I was like, what? No, I mean, I know the kids with sports did that, but I, uh, I was actually trying to think about the clubs I was in in high school, and I believe the sum total of the clubs I was in was uh, the art club, mm-hmm. uh, a club called Sound Exposure, which was where. Kids that were in bands in high school um, learned to book shows. And so we would put shows on in the basement of like church halls and things. It was awesome. That was an amazing club. Actually, I learned an incredible amount from that club. And then the only other club I was in was one called the Non Sequitur Club that was started by uh, two very kind of geeky seniors who decided who like went up to the guy in charge of student activities. I went to a very large high school. There was like 4,000 kids in my high school. Um, Went to the guy in charge of student activities and were like, we want to make a club for all of the people like us. And he was like, cool. And so then we would just go and like talk about weird bands and uh, you know, stuff like that. A lot of discussion of Robin Hitchcock and 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 <gasps> things of that form. My heart. Yeah, uh, those were all of the clubs I was in. I was not we overly scheduled damn. in high school. I mostly. Why worked. didn't I know you? Why didn't I know you? Then we would have gotten along so well. I know. Yeah, you I were was in talking Philly. To these... Oh, you know what? That's why I went and to school. I was in. in... Uh, I was in suburban Chicago. I, I went to school inside of Philadelphia, but I lived just outside of. So because I the school wasn't really where I lived. So I was limited in what I could do because I in order. Most people took public transportation to get to school. Yeah. But I didn't live near the public transportation and I didn't drive and didn't have a car. So unless you drove or had public transportation, you couldn't really do the activities. So I was kind of fucked. Like I just was yeah. like, I can only do like. So I wanted to do a lot of stuff and I couldn't do it. And whenever I see things like this, I'm like, oh, that is the the luxury of like choice and the luxury of like having access to stuff like we hang out, we lift weights, we do this, we do that, we go here, we go there. And it seemed like a really like the, the stench of broness. Yeah. Well, and also it was like, I mean, I worked. I got a youth permit, like work permit at 14 and worked at a bakery, you know, like Burger King here, my friend. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I worked at a bakery and then I worked at a natural foods uh, store. I I ran the salad bar for quite a while. And then I worked at Crate and Barrel and it was like, that's what I did at most days after school was go to work. So we're bitter. Um, (laughs) He keeps this calendar, which he said was both forward and backward facing, meaning that he would correct the calendar. Yeah. So like he's like, it's also backward facing. I'm like, what the fuck is a backward facing calendar? And he's like, well, I would correct it if I didn't go to my dentist appointment. I would take it off or whatever. And I'm like, I can see doing that now because now I have to schedule my. But why when you're 16? That's insane. And he's also like, and I kept and they're like, well, why did you keep your calendars? And he's like, well, my father did. And I learned a lot of good things from that man. I'm like, that's actually not a. It's just weird. Like yeah. it's not, he he kept acting like it was like some sort of like massively good attribute to keep calendars from 1982 and i'm like right like and it's a twofold thing of like a he kept bananas calendars for a high school kid <laughs> but then b <laughs> he hung on to them for fucking yeah. 40 years and when 
in a position where he needed to defend himself was like, oh, yes, literally right next to my bedside table is a pile of calendars. Like it wasn't he didn't even have to (laughs) seemingly go anywhere for it. Like, (laughs) look, we know what Brett's doing here. He's he's told us what he's doing. As I can understand, these are his activities. He lifts weights with Tobin. He goes to track. He boofs, which is apparently farting. He farting. So apparently he's just a a, he's very gassy. Um, very, very gassy. Um he studies, one supposes. Uh he has skis. He because he he as he pointed out, likes beer. He likes beer, Dan. He likes beer. Do you like beer? He likes beer. I I like beer. I like beer. Yeah, I'm not chalking beer into the list of shit that Trump ruined for me. Yeah, beer's beer's dope. Beer's over now. Yeah, he I had mu- one I mean, that night, and I was just like, I don't, I don't need to do this anymore. Undoubtedly, there is a Brett Kavanaugh drinking game now happening. That's just drink when he says beer. It's like <laughs> oh, the most, God. it's the most straightforward drinking oh, game God. there is. And he got very confrontational about this stuff. You know, when asked by a female senator, you know, about his drink, he's like, "What do you drink? What do you drink?" And Have he- you ever blacked out? <laughs> no. No, my father's an alcoholic. I'm yeah, very aware of that's drinking. the most amazing part was she was like, I had an alcoholic father. I understand what, you know, the various levels of drinking and drinking to excess are. And, you know, have you ever blacked out? And then he, instead of answering the question, he yelled at the child of an alcoholic about what whether she has a drinking problem. What do you drink? Well, what do you drink? Which isn't question. at all a thing that anyone that I've ever known with a drinking problem does when confronted about their potential drinking problem yeah they get a little they can get a little defensive you've got the problem maureen he started at 11 i mean he came in angry and sweaty and rage-filled and he's got his weird calendars that he corrects and keeps forever um so in high school he's lifting weights with tobin he's farting He's drinking beer and he's virgining because we learned yeah. a lot about his virginities. Like I just, yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never seen. I was a virgin until I was not. Well, when was that? I, until some time, some time later, I met a lady, and we engaged in the sexual booth. Um. <laughs> oh boy. Sorry, I apologize to the entire world, but. He, he also threw up a lot, according to him. Well, you know why, Dan? It's because he put ketchup on spaghetti. He said that. Yeah. He, yeah. That's the thing. I don't know if you tuned out for the part where he's like, wow, spicy foods and ketchup on spaghetti. And, and I was like, yeah. oh, excuse me, sir. What kind of what kind of maniac puts ketchup? What? <laughs> exactly his kind of maniac, Maureen. A, I, I occasionally vomit from overindulgence and i kind of imagine like somebody in a smoking jacket oh sometimes too much port yeah but these were all defenses of references to like drinking and partying in the yearbook and And why did you say this about there being an alumnus of renate yeah i'm just we were just good friends i'm just a big fan that's what i always you know that's just i'm just a big fan (laughs) Just yeah, and like, I'm sure Maureen, you went to a you went to a private religious school. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, especially the popular people, filled their yearbooks with references to how much they fart and vomit. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mostly what it is. 
Yeah, it makes sense. It it did seem like a silly line of questioning because everyone knows that the popular kids in high school got that way by farting and vomiting a lot. Again, I don't know. My entire impression of boys was that they... They snorfled and bounced balls. So I was like, maybe they do. Like, I don't. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I mean, that may be it. I mean, I don't see them doing much else. They just seem to just they run in circles and they boot, you know, boom, boom, boom. They bounce shit on their heads. So I don't know, but they get everything. They get everything. They will get everything. Everything the girls school couldn't have, they got. So, uh, yeah. So our friend Brett, he he. He over, you know, he's like, I am known to overindulge in spicy foods, and so, and he's got this, he's got this dumb friend, Mike Judge, who uh, wrote a book about, you know, drinking in high school. So he writes about Bart O'Kavanaugh throwing up in cars and stuff, and so we have all of that. And then we have, honestly, it was a an amazing audition for Sunset Boulevard. I believe it was Lindsey Graham. Oh, ah, yeah. sir, I have never in my life, in my life, seen such men treated as a sin the way you've been treated, sir. A sin. Like, it was, I mean. And so we had that, and we were all sort of dumbstruck with how terrible it was. Dumbstruck at how terrible it was, but also at how... Exactly what they hoped would happen happened, you know, which was they limited the testimony to two people with no corroborating witnesses. You know, they had her go first and they had him end it. And, you know, he ended it in a in a entirely coached fashion to just, you know, gnash teeth and wail and scream. And and so that by the end of it she had disappeared again, you know, and he was everything people were talking about. And it was so like that evening, it just felt like, you know, I mean, she even said it like the, the worst thing that could possibly happen is me step forward, blow up my life for this to amount to nothing. And that evening and, you know, when they announced that they were still going to vote on the, on the judiciary committee in the morning, like it was just like, yeah, you were right. You know, like it was for me and it seemed for a number of people on on online like it was a real election night, you know, 2016 feeling in your gut of just like that level of just watching the bulldozer just run over it all. Can I can I tell my little my tiny little media story, which is I think a little microcosm of bullshit? Yes. My very tiny media story is that on, I guess, Wednesday, I decided because of stuff I was reading about one of a story that was coming out by one of the accusers about being slipped a, a, a drug. I was like, all right, I'm going to tell something on Twitter. I'm like, I was given a date rape drug at a at a like a brunch. It was just like a brunch restaurant. Um, I was in my 30s. And I had no idea what was happening to me. And it, uh, the very specific sensation of how the way it goes dark, how like all the things that happen, I explained yeah. it. And I was like, I didn't tell anybody because at the time, I even I was like, I, I knew it, it was a, it was absolutely clear what had happened. But I was like, well, yeah. who, what am? And I knew who did it. I knew who did it. And I couldn't even tell you now why. Like I just didn't want anybody to feel bad. Yeah. Like it was. I I, I went in a little bit more detail, but I was like, but what am I going to do? <laughs> like, like I, 
I got away. I ran away and I collapsed with it behind a locked door. Like I should have gone and gotten my blood taken yeah. uh, or, you know, but then we wouldn't have been able to prove who, even though I knew who it was, I wouldn't be able to prove it, et cetera. So uh, I tell the story and I get a little ping from somebody. Can I just, should I just say the network or should I just say it's the one you think it is? Um, a big network. Yeah. Just fucking go for oh, okay, it. Who cares? C- it was CNN. October 2018, Maureen. All right. So someone Fuck from, it. A, report, a producer from CNN picks me and says, we really want you to be on panel. And I say, no, like on Friday. And I was like, okay, what's the panel? What is it? And he said, it's about this. I was like, what about it? Like, what? what, what is it exactly? And he said, it's a, we have two women and one man talking about their stories about why they didn't report. I was like, okay. And then I, 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 kicked back and I hadn't really I hadn't been planning on telling and it's not even my worst story Dan that's the thing is I've got worse much worse stories but it, that's the thing is it's just kind of a throwaway like at this one time I was drugged and I, you know so I, I thought about it for a couple hours I talked to you I was like what are you thinking you were like don't do it um I think I think my very first response was simply the word run yeah it was I talked to a friend who has a lot of experience with this and about her experiences I kind of thought it over and I was like but my gut the whole time was, I don't want to do this. I don't need a reason. I don't want to. I'm like, I yeah. don't want to. So I wrote back and I said, thank you very much. You know, I've had a chance to think about this, but I really don't want to do this. You know, I, you know, I was not an- anticipating telling this story today. I hadn't really got it together enough. Like, I, I don't want to do it. Thanks a lot. And they write back and they say, well, uh, can we have your phone number so we can call and talk to you? Because it'll Jesus be, it'll, it'll be painless. And I'm like, okay, let's rewind a second here. You're trying yeah. to have a discussion and you want me to be a panelist about consent. And now you're trying, and I've said, no, I don't want to. I don't feel comfortable. And now you're trying to pressure me. And the specific word you're using is that it'll be painless. And I'm like, and there you go. Like, and you are the well-meaning people, apparently. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so that Jesus was that was a, a very 2018 story about how I didn't how they really then they really and they continued to really tap me for a while and I um, yeah. was like do you not know anybody else like are we but I they can I be just unrelenting so I mean I could have gone on CNN and done an ad for says who and Blue Apron and uh, that would have been great but um I didn't because I didn't fucking want to and I also didn't bow to the pressure and yeah don't call it fucking painless so. Yeah. That's my little diatribe. <laughs> um, that's uh. how I punctuated it, Dan. <laughs> um, yeah. So we get to Friday now. Are we on Friday now? We are on Friday. We've had this this, this unending cesspool of two, of Thursday, and then Friday comes, and they're like, we're just going to, you know, they're like, we're doing it. And so uh, it just seemed like they were they were like, we're taking it to vote. Like, well, we did. Too, we did. Yeah. We let the lady speak. Now let's let the men do their voting. Yeah. And it did seem like it was going to, you know, because it said in the morning, Jeff Flake said he was going to vote. Yes. And then. Yeah. He issued us press release. Yep. Like, I remember I was uh, running the dog out before we had to take our, our kid to preschool and and. The press release came out with him saying, you know what, he's saying yes, and here's his reasoning why. I don't remember what the fuck it was, you know, but he was really the only Republican on the committee that there was even a momentary possible belief that he might do anything but say yes. And that mostly because Jeff Flake, who is the current senator from Arizona, has sort of made a name for himself by... um 
vocally critiquing Donald Trump while still voting for every single thing Donald Trump puts forward. Um, you know, so and and he's not running for re-election. So there was sort of a hope that a, he he might be he might be a no. But he issued a press release saying it was a yes. And it was just sort of one of those all all hope is gone moments. And then two women confronted them, uh, confronted him in an elevator and bared their souls and said, you yeah. have to look at me. On a live stream, you know, saying you listen to her and you don't and you won't vote no and you don't hesitate. And that's you're saying that to me, too, then like and I need you to look at me like it was. It was remarkable. It was an act of real resistance at a time where we talk a lot about resistance. That is what real resistance looks like. You know, like I'm getting into an elevator with you. I am blocking the door. You are going to hit closed door futilely and you are going to have to listen to my story. Yeah. And they... um. They made him look and he looked, he looked sad. And um, then he went in and he looked very concerned. And there was a big, so they, they, they were supposed to be voting. And then there was like, no one knew what was going on. It was, it seemed like there was genuine kind of shuffling and confusion and cameras focusing back and forward. Like, you know, where, where do we go? Yeah. What's happening? What, who's on mic? What's going on? Yeah. And then he, he retreated into a back room and then, you know, there was sort of a, a constant stream of people going in and out of that back room, both Democrats and Republicans. And the time for voting came and, and went. And, you know, minutes, you know, began to stack up. And it was suddenly apparent that there was a real, a real moment happening in something that felt like it was just going to be a railroad. Um, And then... They came forward and said, uh, we need a week delay and an FBI investigation. Yeah. Which was, you know, what Dr. Ford had asked for from Jump, you know, which, you know, all of the Democrats on the committee had, you know, insisted over and over again. And, you know, it 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 happened. He is by no means is he a hero. He is a coward of the worst possible kind. But. Um, you know, we got our week. Yeah. And who knows? We, we really don't know what's going on. Like right now we don't. Well, I mean, this was what they were afraid of, right? They were afraid that if there was an FBI investigation, if there was any delay in the vote, that one of two things would happen. You know, either uh, more women would come forward with with accusations or corroboration, you know, or that stories would begin to come out that would that would poke holes in the clearly just idiotic lies that he was telling about all of the little calendar items and things and that has certainly borne an incredible amount of fruit including last night's revelation that Maureen felt like a little gift in a week of never-ending shit it was like somebody had wrapped up a little present with a bow. Would you like to treat us to this little gift? I would be delighted because it was. So this is for for some of you. This will require some explanation. And Dan and I are exactly the people to give it. Oh, yes. Apparently. 
apparently in 19, 1985, um, Brett Kavanaugh and his friends, they went to a concert. Specifically, they went to a concert by a band called UB40. And UB40 is... Dan's going to have a different take on this. I'm good. Dan's going to have a more. <laughs> remember that Dan wrote, ran a magazine called Punk Planet. Um, but we pretty much, I think, would be in agreement. Um, they are, you know, it's like it's reggae, but for people that hate reggae, um, yeah. it's it's the soft rock version of reggae. And they're, it, the song that they're most known for is called Red Red Wine. And you've heard it, even if you think you haven't. It's played. Yeah. It's been. It's you're you're somewhere. You're in like a bank or wherever, and you hear. Red, red, Can I sing it without getting us in trouble? Do it. <laughs> October twenty eighteen, Maureen. I don't know the words except red, red, red. Like that. If you've heard it, it's very like. It's like awkward slow dance music because it's not slow, so it's mid tempo, and you're like, I think we're slow dancing. Like I, they, they turn the lights down for a slow dance, but I'm, we're kind of like, why don't we put our hands? What's that? Oh, just let's just single dance. Oh, it's all terrible. So that's Red Bull Wine. Um, it's an English band called UB40, and yeah. um, they were not good. <laughs> Uh yeah, it was uh, they were terrible. And it and it was like growing up at that time, like they were definitely a favorite of exactly the Brett Kavanaugh type. I've been trying to think if I know who their equivalent is. Uh and I'm not sure they I'm not sure I can quite place it. No. Um I'm not sure they have a an equivalent. I don't think music works the I, same way. I don't way think it, it works the same way it did now, like as it as it did. Because then. you know, there was that was like reggae is political music as well as just being like an entire genre. Like there was a whole thing about political music. And this was like, what if we made it really bad and soft and took everything out of it? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so he went to a concert and afterwards he went to a bar while at Yale. This was at Yale. He went to a bar across the street where he drunkenly thought that the lead singer of UB40 was there and was giving him shit and was like looking at him funny. Yeah. It wasn't even that he was looking at him funny. It's that he was just not giving him the time of day. Yeah, it's just he and it like, so he's like somehow he had been offended by a person he thought was the lead singer of UB40. Yeah. Like like the level like the 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 tower of privilege that he has built here where a he believes that the singer of who at the time was a pretty decent sized band would be drinking at the same establishment as you, right? Like, okay, privilege point number one. Privilege point number two, that person should be engaging with me because I am here and I exist, right? Like- What, you think you're, you think you're important? You think you're important? I'm, I'm Brett, I go to Yale. Have you heard of it? Um. Yeah, and then uh and then privilege point number 3, he decides because of the egregious offense of privilege point number 2, he should start a fight with him by pouring his drink on his head or throwing it in his face or something. Which apparently was a Tom Collins. I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> come on. 
<sighs> so someone throws ice yeah. at this guy who is also not the singer of UB40. No, he's just some <laughs> dude at the bar. <laughs> like just trying to not engage with these assholes. <laughs> And uh, he's just standing there, and all of a sudden, Brett's like, "Give me 40 and starts chucking ice at him. And this guy's like, what? Yeah, what the fuck? And then uh, another friend of his, like, glasses him. Like, really, like, draws blood, winging a glass at his face. And so the cops come. One guy, this guy goes to the ER, and um, they wouldn't... Um, and uh, there's a line in the police report that was like, Mr. Cavanaugh would not, would not confirm or deny that he threw the ice. So, yeah. so it's a who threw the ice? I didn't throw the ice. I thought that was the lead singer from UB40. It's the dumbest story that has ever happened. You guys, yeah. you guys, like, it's so dumb that it bends time. I mean, <laughs> uh. it's like saying, I thought, I thought. It's like you sent a tweet at Kanye West, but you accidentally sent a tweet to like number one Kanye West fan and they ignored it. And you were like, what? You fucking think you're big? And then you went outside and set fire to a garbage can. Like It doesn't make any sense. No, <laughs> but that's none. basically what it was. None. <laughs> yeah. And there's also sort of like privilege point number four. He does all of this and somehow does not go to jail himself. Because yeah, right? he's Brett like, and he goes he to it. jail. Yeah. And here's uh, why all this matters. Because like there'll be the dumb Republican talking points of why are they – who cares if he – and that's the whole thing is it's not the fucking point. Like it, it's – that's right. not what matters. What matters is yeah. that he is accused of committing sexual assault. Well, under the influence of alcohol in a in a pernicious series that seems to be of of events of him getting incredibly drunk and belligerent and entitled and lashing out. And he said and he painted it. He's like, I never did that. I never like I never did that. I never did that. Don't by the way, not the only things he's lied about. Like there's a whole shit. Yeah. That's and that's the other thing on top of the stand is that nobody likes this guy. Like nobody wants him but Trump, and Trump only wants because he has this weird viewpoint. He was not the top pick. The, even the Federalist Society was like him. Uh, we just put him on there, but uh, so they've got to I, right. It's like I I I I used to do freelance graphic design, and and you would give a client like three different logos, and you all you hated one of them, but you needed to give them three. So it was like ah oh, fuck it, and that was the one they always picked. Like same yeah. deal. So they went for this. He's like he was there to pad out the list, and then they were like, oh, Trumpy McRapes a lot. Let's go. And they with know him. probably he's got a dumb past that he's like a dumb jock. And he claimed all the, I had no connections. I just got in. His grandfather went to you. Like, it's like, it just, yeah. it's all. Just that. Just that his shit, own, Maureen. The his idea, own calendar. The idea. Yeah. I went to this, like, super elite prep school. And then I got into Yale just because I worked hard. Fuck you. Oh, Went Fuck to all you. these expensive God schools, went to expensive Georgetown prep, was coddled by all these people. My grandfather went to, yeah, like I come from all this money. I do whatever I fuck I want. I'm Brett. Give me my stuff, etc. So, and also there were things that as they got up to the calendar, realized that his stupid calendar actually works against him because the calendar actually corroborates what Dr. Ford is saying. 
And they try to ask them those questions and they'd be timed out and like cut off. Yep. Yeah. And then he'd run right. to take a break. So it was all ridiculous. And we're going to see <sighs> more and more of this stuff. And why it matters is because he lied and because all of this points to the portrait that she, that is consistent of someone who drinks a lot and is incredibly aggressive and and has like an angry attitude towards these girls. They did not think highly of them. No. That is what is all over the yearbook. That is what is all over the history. That is what is all over these notes and these letters. And the only person saying otherwise is him and not all of these other people, except maybe for Mike Judge, who wrote a book about how drunk he was at the time. And uh, side note, apparently wanders around with a big shirt with a W on it that I chose to believe was a shirt advertising Walgreens. That's exactly what I thought. Yay! It really looked like the Walgreens logo. Like, I think maybe. it was actually the Washington Nationals logo. Just loves. Wa- I was like, no, it's but it Walgreens. really does look like the Walgreens W because I just love loves Walgreens. Walgreens. Yeah, he's like, I, I do get love my, Walgreens. I get I would my pers- wear a Walgreens shirt. It's where I get my prescriptions. Really, you live in New York? They have Walgreens. I thought New York yeah. was a Dwayne Reed town. No, we also have Walgreens. Whoa. We have we have C we have CVS. Yeah. We, we have Dwayne Reed, but Dwayne Reed and Walgreens are basically forming one. Right, I think unit. Walgreens bottom, right? Yeah. So that, but they, we still have Walgreens as well. But Just you like, have actual standalone. Wow. Yeah. This yeah, changes my whole thinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about New York City. Mm-hmm. We have them. We have a couple really big ones, like like bonus size Walgreens. There is a Walgreens in Chicago, Maureen, that they built in a. Uh, they built in an old bank. In uh, the Wicker Park neighborhood, this really old, ornate bank. And uh, it's two stories. So it's like the, you know, you're walking thing and then it goes down to the basement. Well, the basement is where the, um, the vault was in the bank, which you're not really removing a bank vault from an old historic bank because who has the time? So it is called the vitamin vault and it is open. And you walk in and the vitamins are displayed on uh, open uh, safety deposit boxes. It's amazing. We hope you have enjoyed our sub podcast, Fancy Walgreens, uh, where we'll be touring Fancy Walgreens of America and telling you about them and what kind of shit you can find at them. Walgreens, sponsor us to do that. Oh, yes. I would do that in a heartbeat. Just the Fancy Walgreens of America. (laughs) anyway now we as we record we are waiting and it's okay to be i called that day a couple days of garbage room spring up because it did feel like that felt like out of time out of my life and i think a lot of people felt that way and i was like on such a pitch that if i'd seen one person defending kavanaugh i think i would have and I saw somebody trying to do it on Facebook. Again, that one person that annoyed, that one person, Dan, that one person that oh, I just yeah. got rid of and I blocked, she peered in the comments of another person and she was like making oh, jokes no. about it. And I was like, ah, I just, it's like a needle into the, like an important lobe of my brain and it hits and emo- it's like someone sticking a needle through my skull into a point of my brain that says, just fuck right here for a second. <laughs> And I know it doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, but I feel it like there's this one neuron that's totally dedicated to that. And all of the circumstances around light that fucking thing up. 
So it doesn't matter that like 99.99999% of the rest of my brain is dedicated to other things. But that one is like, I'm here, baby. I'm right here. I'm going to get angry about this one person and you're going to think about it. You're going to think about it all day. It's going to affect your decisions. It doesn't fucking matter, but I'm going to be with you no matter what you're doing. You're going to try to do something else. You're going to read a book, but I'm here, baby, glowing like a goddamn lighthouse in your head. It's me, the one fucking neuron devoted to this one fucking person that you don't even fucking know who you know is a real douchebag. And I'm here and you think I'm sleeping, but I'm not. I'm awake again. And I'm touching all the other neurons and they're trying to tell me to shut up, but I'm still fucking here. Are you trying to cook? Guess what? She cooks too. It's probably made of rancid meat what she's cooking right now. Do you hear me? Do you hear what if I speak in a really low voice? Can you hear me? I'm that comment from Facebook. It's me again. So anyway... So I saw a comment. <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah, those Facebook comments are a bummer. You're not even on Facebook. You don't even know. I don't. I also, don't know. Facebook lost everybody's data. And you know the first thing I thought was? The first thought I had was, maybe they stole her data. <laughs> like, why? Why? Uh, I think it's because we have to personalize stuff and we have to attach... It's like you make the the political personal. And that's how you like right. get people to empathize. But it also works with like bad empathy where you're like, fuck you. Like, you know, like it's like I'm fine. And then I'm like, if I hear you say something, I'll jump on your back. I'll take your hair out. You know, like it's just something I have to work on. Yeah. Through deep breathing, yoga, <sighs> and screaming. Screaming's good. I forgot a, a positive thing. I'm going to tweet about this. It's called Postcards for Voters. And it's something you can do. And you can something if you'd like, I need something to do right now. Postcards for Voters. You sign up to this. And it's a quick form. It takes like 30 seconds to fill out. And then you just say like how many postcards you think you can fill out. And they send you a script. And then they'll send you addresses of people in a state about a certain race. And you literally handwrite. They're like no pre-printed, no like stickers or logos for any kind. Like they'll tell you what to write, but you literally handwrite it and you can add your own language and stuff. And it's to give this personal connection of like, hi, I care so much about this that I sat and I wrote this postcard. And you can make it a fun postcard or whatever. Like you can send a nice postcard. Um, and it's an activity you can have some people over and be like, come on, everybody come over. We'll get a pizza and we'll do like 100 postcards. And I want to do one this weekend, and maybe it could be a says who postcard party weekend. If you're going to do some postcards, you know, let us know. We can all, but we're going to, the Patreon is all part of trying to create some community. Indeed. And to kind of like make a thing. So like that way, if you're feeling like you're screaming alone and you have that one thing in your head that's like, it's me, but it may be a real person that's next to you going, it's me. Brett Kavanaugh is being unfairly accused. He was just trying to lift weights with Tobin. So maybe you need help. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And that's why, as always, our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Boofing, Dan. Boofing. Wait, Oof. what's barfing? That was Ralphing. 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 Yeah. Because he ate spicy food. Yeah. 
spoofing is not a thing I think that we want to discuss on a family podcast no, like but ours. I mean, Ralphing because you're eating spaghetti with ketchup on it is not something that has to happen to you if no. you sign up for Blue Apron. And oh, you can boy. get this week's offerings, which are guaranteed Ralph free, which is really, really, I mean, delicious, absolutely delicious offerings that I am. I'm looking Our logo is designed I, by Darth. I That's at Darth on Twitter. I was too busy screaming. But now you I, can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that's H E Y, at Says Who Podcast.com. All right. Here and you we can go. join the community on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Okay. Here's, they literally just have pasta oh, and tomato boy. sauce. You that's, just spent all of that time looking this shit up, didn't you? But just, it's just pasta and tomato sauce. They also have a yeah. three cheese pizza. Which is probably I mean, this, delicious out of a box. At this point, we've well established that Blue Apron is not actually a good deal. I think it's probably a great deal. I mean, like, maybe oh, you, you don't have time to shop, you know, and you you want a, you, what you want is someone to mail you a fish. Because if there's one thing that, that really transports well, it's seafood. Um, so you want to get a box, like a giant fucking box with like 90s ice packs in it and a fish and a potato and like a little thing of tomato sauce that's like, make this spaghetti, not with ketchup, but with tomato sauce. Otherwise, you'll Ralph. Um, and you can, if by signing up by Blue Apron backslash 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 says on who October 17th for our next episode. Boof, you will get <sighs> 70 free boxes. That is... October 17th is our next episode, and it is not just our next episode. It is the first of our weekly episodes. More guests. And the launch of our Patreon. More community. Less scream. More of everything. More screaming? Probably. Probably. Let's face facts, Maureen. We are two days into October. We are just barely more than a month away from the midterm elections. Shit is going to get real bananas so over the next few weeks. So there's going to be a lot of screaming we, on a weekly basis. We thank you for being here. And honestly, every one of you who listens, we really appreciate it. When you leave a review, that's huge. Like, it's just super, super huge. And if you tell anyone about it, you say you got a friend, you go, hey, it's me. Yeah, liberal friend. Would you like a nice podcast? And then you just take their phone, you put it in Sesame, you go, subscribe. And then you hand their phone back and go, here you go. And then you run off. That's all it takes. Yeah. Well, from my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. From Beach Week, I'm Maureen Johnson. Boof. And <laughs> this has been Says Who. Tobin's probably like, I didn't even like hanging out with him. He was a real drag. That dude was a real jerk. He was farting and puking all the time. Oh, God. You know, he'd be farting when he lifted up weights. And he's like, hey, listen to UB40 while we lift weights, Tobin. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, Brett. Go home already. Stop hanging out in my basement. But, you know, he's like, shut up, Tobin. And then he just kept hanging out with me, even though I didn't want to. But anyway, we had a couple beers, maybe. But I'm just Tobin, you know? I'm just Tobin.